1: may have heard
0: of us all right what's up high five and low five this is steven and ben from phantology reviewing ready player two by ernest klein a book that i am not excited to talk about i mean maybe i am a little bit because look this this might be a
1: rant uh, unfortunately from me at least (laughs) steven what is more of a rant for you the movie for Artemis Fowl or the book of Ready Player Two? Uh,
0: I guess we'll find out because, <laughs> yeah, the, the Artemis Fowl movie review was uh, was pretty rough as well. So I guess uh, you can compare and see how much uh, of a rant I get on, on in this episode.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say, um, you know, right off the bat, I think I had more positive impressions than you, but like not very, not by very much. So here's the problem.
0: I mean, as I was reading the book, I was like, okay, this is entertaining and they're in the Oasis and it's video games and there's some nostalgia. So it's 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 enough of a page turner where I was like, yeah, I want to know what's what's happening. And then the more I thought about it after I finished it and got further into it, the more I disliked it for I think pretty solid reasons. Like there are a lot of reasons, if you actually think about what happened in this book, to think like, this is not a good book. <laughs>
1: okay okay that's fair how much of that was like influenced by reviews that you watched or was that just like your own self-reflection reviews that i watched
0: definitely added fuel to the fire because (laughs) they had good points and as i i I mean they were right like and i'm probably stealing some of those things from those reviews so thanks amanda the jedi and daniel green and others who have reviewed the book That's fair.
1: Yeah. We're, we're always a little late to the game with these books because I think most of the time we rely on public libraries to get our audio books. And so we're always like, you know, 30th in line for these. So.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it's, tough. there's the time to read the book and then there's the time to make the recording and then the editing. So by the time some of these things come out, we get a little bit behind plus rhythm of war kind of set us behind on all of the new releases. And there were, and there were way too many that came out in November, December time period anyway. So. Anyway, that that's a big long excuse to say sorry. We're three months late to the game here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but maybe like maybe you were just really thirsting for another Ready Player Two review, and this is it. You know, you're like, dang, why is nobody else talking about the book? Yeah, you
0: read that book back in November, and you haven't thought about it for two months, and now you're like, oh, I, I need to refresh about how bad that book was. <laughs> All right, if you want to hear more from Photology, you can find more of our reviews at www.photologybooks.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash So before we talk specifics about the book, we're not going to split this up into two episodes, but let's just say a few non-spoilery things. Like if you read Ready Player One and you're thinking, should I read Ready Player Two? How do they compare?
1: Yeah, you should. I mean, if you loved Ready Player One, I think you'll like Ready Player Two if you just like want the same book in in somewhat different light. So Uh, for that reason... I think you might want to read it.
0: Honestly, I cannot recommend this book to anyone and when the movie comes out, I'm not recommending I'm not seeing that movie nor am I recommending it. You're to not anyone.
1: you're not seeing that movie.
0: No, I'm not oh. seeing I'm not spending 2 hours. I already spent way too many hours reading this
1: book. <laughs> well, I mean that's fair, but like okay. I guess we're going to talk about more in the spoiler section, but I don't know. I think if you loved Ready Player 1, like why wouldn't you read this book?
0: Yeah, if you love Ready Player One, you'll probably at least enjoy turning the pages of this book. I would say if you want to enjoy the book, don't think about it at all after you finish Just, it. Yeah. Just read it for the surface-level story. Put it down immediately. Do not spend any time reflecting because the more you think about the specifics of this book, the more you're going to realize how dumb it was.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair.
0: Yeah, so obviously I have a few kind of hot takes on, on the book. Okay, was, let's, was let's not, get it Yeah, was not a big fan. So... Out of 10, what did you give the book? And then we're going to start doing spoilers.
1: Okay. And this is just like compared to all the books that we read or whatever. It's not compared to like. Yeah. Out of 10, four. Okay. I would say four. Slightly
0: yeah. stronger than my 3.5 out of 10. 3.5,
1: wow.
0: Okay. Both both are by far the lowest ratings that either one yeah. of us has given to a book. We, we try to only read, you know, the top-notch fantasy stuff and- unfortunately we covered this one because it was popular and it turns out to have been a dud.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm still not sorry. I read it though. You know, I, I'm not sorry. I read it. So. I'm not sorry either because I like doing these rant things and <laughs> maybe that's the only reason. <laughs> no, I like, I don't know. I think that um, if you're like a lover of books, I think it's important that you can kind of talk to people that might only read these more popular books and relate to them and i don't know
0: yeah a lot of people are probably going to read this so at least you can say hey i read that and then when they say yeah i loved it you can just stop
1: talking to them immediately
0: afterwards
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know it's uh, yeah i think that if you consider yourself a book nerd then then you should read the popular books that come out even if they're not as fulfilling as some of the other books you've read
0: okay so like we said you might enjoy this book if you like the Oasis, if you like the 80s nostalgia, if you like the video game world, there are some really fun sci-fi ideas. That was by far the highlight of the book for me and was really the reason why I continued to read. It was fast-paced. It was in a fun setting. It was something that existed. Like If this existed in real life, I would be all over it. So that's I think that's why people would like it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that you know, this reminds me of the Elon Musk uh, brain implant. That yeah, that they were. The,
0: this is basically Neuralink in real life. Yeah, Neuralink there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they even talk about how the O and I devices, which are the interfaces that let you get directly into the Oasis, they they talk about how those things were originally made to help people with disabilities in the same way that uh, Musk talks about the reason why he's building Neuralink. So yeah, and Neuralink is something I'm kind of following because I'm disabled and I'm hoping it works one day. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I, I thought right away, yeah, that that's a great connection. That that was interesting.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was like somewhat believable. Uh, there are like other like leaps that the book took that I thought were less believable, but I thought I thought that like something that you can you know plug into your brain fiber optically or whatever and and have it have your brain control it. That's that was believable to me. And 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 a cool idea. And a very and cool, a cool
0: idea. idea. Yeah. And then another cool idea kind of towards the end was when they had all the virtual clones that were being uploaded into the new copy of the Oasis and blasting them off. Like just this idea of oh you could clone yourself and you can bring people back from the dead and with their by scanning their brain and, and creating a virtual replica of them. These are cool sci-fi ideas. I mean not necessarily like hundred percent original ideas. But cool ideas to explore and a part of the genre.
1: Yeah. And I think that I enjoyed the twist at the end where it was the duplicate copy of Wayne that was telling the story. Like that was oh, also Wade. Or sorry, Wade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> too much Miss Foreign era too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Too much Miss Foreign era too. Yeah. So that was cool. I enjoyed that twist quite a bit. Okay. That was probably the highlight of the book.
0: I thought it was a twist. For, uh, I, mean, I don't know if I super i didn't hate it 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 was decent yeah okay so so those are the good parts of the book yeah props props to us for holding off on the rant section (laughs) until now so uh, there were a few bad things obviously
1: what was the
0: worst for you
1: okay i'm just okay so the worst thing about it because there was so like just covered every aspect of the book, was the pretentiousness of like me tooing every single thing, like ever. yeah, like he me tooed his own character right like, and so that was kind of weird and like how he would like devote like chapters to Prince and then like also cover the fact that Prince became a Jehovah witness near the end of his life, right, and the fact that like he would like devote whole worlds to token and then like thrown around about how token like only wrote about white characters which was
0: stupid which is yeah, not
1: like listen there are like definitely lots of places to have these conversations but like it almost feels like it cheapens the conversation when you just kind of lob it in there like a grenade in the middle of your story you know what i mean like i'm not saying that there's not a lot of merit to like discussing these things in fantasy yeah. even but just not the way that it was done
0: Yeah. So the whole book was, I guess, what do we want to say? It's super woke. It covered basically like every cause, like the, the impression I got was Ernest Klein surfed through Twitter and made a note of every different cause that people were possibly interested in and said, I'm going to put that in my book. And then said, my main character cares about all of these things. And this is how I'm going to prove to you how noble he is because he is understanding and accepts all of these different th- causes. And like you say, these are good causes. These are things that uh, people should be aware of. Obviously, we, we should be combating racism. We should be concerned about homophobia. We should be concerned about transgender rights and the environment and the fact that AI is, you know, there's a bit of an ethical question there. All of these things are definitely valid conversations to have. But he never did anything more than the surface level of this exists and my characters care about it, so therefore you should like the characters. And then he would throw in, like you say, these random things with Prince or uh, this ridiculous Lord of the Rings thing, where he's like basically saying Lord of the Rings was racist. And then he never goes any deeper than that. It was almost like, like, did he not understand the issues enough to get into them and just wanted to throw them out there? in order to say like my book is 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 woke and is is understanding of the issues but i'm i'm not going to try to really break them down it was so strange
1: yeah i i don't i didn't love that at all and it felt like it was almost every page where something would like that would happen i think the most annoying thing to me was part of lord of the rings because it was like it was like a debate that took place in 30 seconds between two characters and then it just moved on because of like a time crisis that was happening. Uh-huh. And it was just like, if you're not willing to sit down and talk about that, then just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then not only that, but like the way, and I think that like Amanda the Jedi, like pointed this out, like the way that like Wade would discover these issues, like were ethically questionable in and of themselves. Not even questionable, <laughs> just like ethically wrong. Yeah exactly it would be like like today it would be like if you hacked somebody's webcam and watched two people being intimate and then decided that you were accepting of that intimacy it's like cool that you're accepting of that intimacy but weird that you're watching it
0: (laughs) yeah oh yes oh man okay so a few of these things to continue the rant. So the O&I <laughs> devices, they allow you to experience sex from different people's points of view. And this becomes a big thing, obviously, uh, as unfortunately, the internet would like, this is probably realistic. There's always these dark corners of the internet. And so one of the things that Wade talks about it was you can experience sexual relations from different points of view, like uh, male, male, female, female, and then like non-binary sex, sex as well. And this is weird because now we're reducing gender identity to just like your sexual experience. And another thing where it seems like Ernest Klein is like, yeah, I'm cool with, you know, transgender people or or non binary uh, sexual orientation uh, or or gender identification, but I'm not really going to like explain it any more than just say, like, it exists and I accept it, but it's just about their sexual orientation like right it it wasn't there wasn't enough nuance into what this was and and therefore you're just like if you only understand the issue on the surface level you you might come away thinking like uh, and just not getting a complete idea of of these complicated issues and i feel like it's a real disservice honestly to a a lot of these groups who are probably looking at this like thank you but
1: like can you not yeah exactly it's like you know, I imagine if you're in one of these groups, you're like, there's a lot more benefits that come from like this than just like the sexual experience I have. You know what I mean? Like I'm a much more fulfilled person or I like, yeah, I've come to accept myself and like, you know, so it'd be one thing if, yeah, Wade like went throughout and said, Hey, I spent a month experiencing life as a non-binary person. And I realized like all these things about life that I would have never thought before. Like, Even if it was just like on that level, it seems like it would have been more appropriately done. Now, I think that we should kind of also say that like, Wade is like, what, like a 19 year old guy. And so maybe early 20s, at least early 20s. Yeah, maybe it's like somewhat realistic to say, this is probably just where his head's at, you know what I mean? But like, at at the same level, you can't, if you're going to use that to justify like the way that you wrote the book then you can't kind of have these high-minded ideas every other page that he's like randomly thinking about, you know what I mean? Cause like you gotta be realistic throughout it, you know?
0: And then with the environment as well, this is another thing that continued to bug me. It's, it's an issue, right? I mean, environmental, it's a bit of a crisis, but at the same time, it was just used as a bit of a, a plot point where the world is falling apart and we need to save it. And Wade is, is, not really you know he doesn't care nearly as much as someone like Artemis but by the end they don't do any like they don't change anything right uh yet Wade's way of viewing everything appeared to have been correct after all even though Artemis is the one who is trying to actually help on these important issues but they don't they don't actually ever do anything to solve any of the problems yet wade is somehow the hero and is correct at the end like what this is what i mean The, the more you think about the way that things unfolded the more you're like this doesn't make any sense
1: yeah it's like wade is like groveling back to samantha because he wants to like win her affection back and says like he's wrong and he should have been come around to her point of view and Pretty much the only reason why Wade was wrong was because like this completely unforeseen circumstance like happened, at least like from the lens of the narrative where they like all go kind of go back to using the ONI and like realizing that can improve people's lives. And
0: Well, it wasn't unforeseen. Artemis literally foresaw it and well, said, this is why you shouldn't use the ONIs.
1: Like the AI taking over? Yeah. And yeah, and... I, I guess it was like, have you not seen the matrix or whatever? I mean, that's, yeah. that's fair. I think she said that, but like, I think her her main point, if I'm remembering correctly, was that like, your this device allows people to unplug from the real world, which is falling apart, and so it's kind of like exacerbating the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that too. That was that like too. for me her cause. Maybe it was like she said, like, have you not seen the Matrix where like machines take over? Like, sure, but like, I don't think that was the main thing that she was like saying you should avoid.
0: Fair. Okay, let's talk about Wade. Wade was like so bad. (laughs) Wade is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And he's, he's the main character that we're supposed to like. And the narrative, like Ernest Klein seems to think that you're going to like this guy as you read about him, but he's actually (laughs) the worst.
1: (laughs) It's like, like this billionaire playboy who like, I think the thing that bugged me the most was his like relationship with women just kind of throughout, you know, like he has kind of like this crush on a YouTuber uh-huh. That's kind of weird. And then he goes in and gives her a billion bucks for helping him find the first shard. So he has this crush on her and he's like,
0: he explains in this very high-minded way, I have never infringed upon her privacy. I've infringed upon everyone else's privacy, <laughs> but I've never infringed on her privacy because, you know, I want I want to keep her mysterious because, you know, I have a crush on her. And then as soon as the plot calls for it, he immediately... <laughs> he immediately does so uh you know and finds out some pretty personal things about her uh, if i remember correctly yeah um and then it's it's fine though like there are no consequences for this
1: (laughs) i know she's like did you spy on me oh you spy wade like Uh, what (laughs) gosh oh and the fact yeah yeah. and yeah, then and then
0: yeah yeah he he gives the big payout of for for I mean that was part of the that that was actually part of the plot so I guess I'm I'm not yeah but but then much,
1: like but... the fact that like they hardly like the low five hardly does anything at all to progress other parts of the plot like
0: they get the dork slayer
1: they get the dork slayer <laughs> but like I mean come on like w- <laughs> that was the other thing I feel like when um oh what's his name Obern or what w- Og yeah Og when og suddenly comes back into the oasis it feels like he should just be able to summon the dark slayer you know like it should it seems like he should have kept that in his his inventory the whole time
0: like 10 heartbeats pass and he summons his (laughs) Dark slayer (laughs) i mean yeah uh, why did he why did he throw it out yeah 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 that's a good point why would he have not just held on to that the whole time
1: yeah because the plot
0: needed it you know because the plot uh, needed it exactly Oh boy. Okay. What about uh, Wade and Samantha? Like she yeah. dislikes him for really reasonable reasons. For all of the reasons that us as readers should dislike him, until she doesn't. Until, until she doesn't. They're just back in love.
1: Yeah. They're like It's as if spending any time around him at all would make him make her immediately fall back in love with him, even though he's not doing anything to earn back that love he's so unlikable
0: yet all of a sudden the world is ending and now that we're on the john hughes planet which samantha really likes like this is a romantic enough setting apparently for yeah her to just love Wade again and she's she's forgive, like getting uh, people all. And then... like this is years this is years of built-up tension and and conflict between them and he has gone so low as to say like you know, your, your parents died because of the mistakes you're making. Like that, that was, there was some low blows that he threw at her and she's just forgives it all Yeah, without even really, like he gave a half-baked apology of like, Oh, you were right.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, I love you now. Wait, what? That's not yeah. how people work. Yeah. That's not how people work at all. And it just cheapens. <laughs> it's funny because like the whole the whole like the whole undertone of the book was that like all these issues like you need to like you know, all these progressive issues or whatever, which again, we're not saying like amen for that, but like you can't just reduce the lead the the romance part of this to just what it was reduced to, you know what I mean like it treated Samantha like she was not a real person, you definitely know? not no, so like it like just invalidates everything that he was trying to get across when it's just the male gaze of Wade. You know what I mean? It was like, totally. Yeah. I don't know. It was so weird.
0: Yeah. And that's why I say like the whole book was pseudo woke or, or or pseudo aware of these issues because on a deeper level, clearly like not aware at all. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Should we talk about the plot a little bit?
1: Wait, are we talking about the plot of Ready Player One or Ready Player Two? I'm confused here. Ready. Well, it was the same plot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like go collect these things because that's what the person told you to do, and you'll win.
0: Yeah. Super derivative plot. Yeah. Nice. Nice call there. Super derivative plot. They're called shards now, and there's seven of them. So it's it's a little bit different than the lot because there's a different number and there's a name for them, and there's a different location for them but uh it is actually the same plot
1: and they make up the soul of the siren who apparently is lily james from harry potter and yeah
0: yeah (laughs) we definitely had some some snape lily stuff going on here
1: (laughs) that which was a
0: weird undertone like creeper holiday on kira was not something i was super interested in, in reading a whole lot about yeah kind of weird i don't know it was almost as if like Holiday was who Wade could have become if he went down the wrong path yet he continued to go down the wrong path yet he never actually became who Holiday was because the plot says he's actually cool.
1: Yeah. Well and it's it's funny because like Wade kind of starts off the book by saying, "Oh, you know, I've kind of had this awakening about Holiday and he's kind of a, you know, a weird guy." And then at the end of the book he's like after seeing these seven uh oh what was it seven costs that it, he had to pay or whatever the toll now, that he had to pay re- yeah yeah seven tolls that he had to pay which is just viewing life through another person's perspective which apparently yeah, what he's a been toll. doing for the past several years yeah like now that he's paid those tolls he um he now really is disillusioned by holiday it's reached a new low and it's just so weird and yeah what toll and why was Wade the only person that could discover these tolls or discover these shards?
0: Yeah. Wade and Og, I guess. Yeah. Oh gosh. So many issues. (laughs) There there was the whole kind of backstory or not backstory, but the underlying conflict of Anorak and Sorrento breaking out. And that was actually kind of interesting, you know, like we have our self-aware AI and he's corrupted and he's basically trying to end the world. And everyone's now plugged into the ONIs and can't get out that was compelling for me that that wasn't the worst thing in the
1: world no it wasn't I mean it was like how can we use this thing to create tension in the book and it was pretty like that's what it was and yeah it did create that tension you know and at the same time you know Wade's just casually you know like gambling with 500 million lives you know
0: yeah it's it's your classic like oh the world's ending but you know also we're still gonna throw off our our funny quips here and there and yeah it it was it was dresden right
1: kind of a similar feel a little bit there yeah it was a big like glass cannon you know it's like here's something that could potentially destroy everything that we can you know defeat in a single swipe you know yeah okay let's
0: talk about the shards so the first one he gets from the uh from lone Gren, whatever um, whatever that character's name was The one that he pays a billion dollars for <clears throat> And then Sorrento breaks out And Anorak comes in And, and that whole thing happens And now we're on to we, We've got the, the deadline We've got the 12 hour deadline to collect the next Six shards Number two was in that Very obscure arcade game That I've never heard of before But I mean the point of the references The references right Let's talk about that Were we supposed to like how much of these references were we supposed to understand as readers? Like, am I a failure as a person for not understanding all these '80s references?
1: Am I I I just a decade too young? Yeah, it didn't decrease. Well, I don't think it could have increased my enjoyment that much more. Like, I've seen most the John Hughes movies, but I haven't like rewatched them a lot. I've read Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, but I haven't like freaking you know studied the. Yeah, I mean, have you read the Silmarillion? No, I mean, I'm probably like, wait on that one. Like, I know what it is. I know I don't want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> even even if my one true love asked me to, i be like, that's all right, honey. And that does not make you a bad person, by the way, if you don't want to read a book that <laughs> your significant other wants you to read.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So the arcade thing, we didn't understand the references, but we did. We do know arcade games enough for that to be at least a little bit entertaining. And then from there, they go into, like you say, the John Hughes pretty in pink worlds. You've probably seen more of those movies than I have, but I was able to pick up on at least a few references there to the point where I was like, okay, like, you know, this is interesting. However, this is the part, this is the beginning of the section that I started to skim read (laughs) because the references were just so dense. And I was like, After a few pages, I was realizing I'm not getting anything out of this book. Like, I don't understand any of it. So I'm just going to skim read until I see something interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I could see that. And pretty much the only part of that that I remember. Yeah, it's kind of like like the whole Ducky plot line where Ducky ends up with a girl and you're like, why are you thinking that much about these movies that are like 30 years old now? I don't know. It was kind of weird, but uh, whatever. I thought it was interesting. I didn't know
0: that Robert Downey Jr. would uh, be involved in this at all. And that's someone that I know. So I was like, a reference that I understand. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: and you, you understood it because you knew who the person was. I don't know. Yes. And then yeah. John Hughes sitting at his typewriter, which I, I don't know if he actually used a typewriter, but apparently
0: he did. And, and things like, you know, as they were walking away from the school, he does the fist pump. While uh, whatever song that is that's playing at the end of the breakfast yeah. club happens, you know, things like that. I I'm able to pick up on at least enough to where that was interesting. So that, that shard wasn't the worst. However, the next two shards were just way boring and bad. So the next one, which you maybe even forgot about is the education world chart, which was just like uh, a like, boy
1: scout. Like what was earning that? Merit badges. <laughs> that, yeah. was uh, that was
0: just a nothing.
1: That was just a yeah. And there's a Queen of England or something. Oh my gosh. That, yeah. I I, I I honestly have
0: no memory of what even happened there. It was boring.
1: I feel like I was listening to that part as I was falling asleep. And then I just didn't bother to go back and re listen to it. Yeah. Don't
0: blame you. The worst part of the book was by far the Prince world. I'm sorry, Prince fans. I don't know much about Prince other than real surface level. And after reading this, I still don't know much about Prince because there's no way i could have absorbed anything from that like avalanche of prince trivia that was thrown at me throughout the course of those
1: four three or four chapters it was a lengthy it was a lengthy visit to prince world yeah and you're like did you just like attend a prince trivia night and just like jot down all the questions that were asked yeah. like holy cow yeah like what is it it just seems so pretentious you know what i mean like look at how much i know about prince Oh my goodness. What percentage of readers are enjoying this and what percentage are just skimming through it like we did? Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I have a person in mind who I think is really like into eighties and nineties. Maybe I'm going to give this book to them and see how much they like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I would consider giving this book to my parents, but they would not be able to get past the ridiculous, uh, service level cause diatribe so that there's no way they would read it. <laughs>
1: okay. okay, after
0: after Prince World, which I cannot state I cannot understate how much Yeah, and the then the the
1: prince big World epic was. battle was just like so ridiculous, Yeah, know? the
0: the seven different prince forms come out.
1: And, and, and the fact that H died during this, right? Like Yeah. Like this I and Or
0: H didn't die. H, H died in the Lord of the Rings. One. oh that's I think, right uh, who died who shoto died in the. so prince shoto one. and
1: he, he uh he died by like calling the lightning bolt down and just kind of ending it you feel well, like you could he could have taken a did he like take a few princes out with him doing that
0: I, no i think he said something blasphemous against prince and got lightning bolted down
1: well i think that was intentional though at the end i feel like that could have been like a cool like i'm gonna die but i'm gonna take out the boss by calling lightning i was like ready for that i was like on board for this you know a little twist to happen and then uh just yeah, like- there,
0: there were no twists it, the whole time in prince world we're like oh by the way this final fight is going to be impossible there's no way you're going to win the final fight and then they won the final fight for because of no reason other than that they, they won
1: yeah okay so yeah they win the final fight
0: and then and then lord of the rings world happens and i was like so after prince world ended and i hated it and then when they got into Lord of the Rings, I was like, great, Lord of the Rings. I know stuff about Lord of the Rings. And then it's like nothing about Lord of the Rings that I actually know. Other than like, it was a little interesting that the villain was Morgoth, especially since the new Lord of the Rings show is going to be during second age. And so Morgoth is the thing then. So I don't know, like maybe there's a few things that I'm starting to piece together about uh, the history of Middle Earth, but this is not something I'm an expert in. If you are, maybe you liked it more.
1: And that's the other thing. How many people that are diehard Prince fans are also diehard Lord of the Rings fans and are also diehard John Hughes fans. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what is the Venn diagram there? You know, it's like Eric Klein is like the Venn diagram, you know, like the the one
0: person. Yeah. Yeah. The only way, the only way you are into these things enough is if you just like lived in the internet in the, in the eighties, which was not possible back then. So I could see a similar book being written for like 90s, 2000s, 2010s, because people really have gotten into like every single different cultural phenomenon nowadays, I feel like. I I, I don't know. I I just feel like back in the 80s, maybe people were into one or two things and and not everything just because the information overload wasn't there quite as much as
1: there is now. And the other thing is, it's like in the first book, there's like an actual reason for them to be so invested in this trivia because this like holiday was and i suppose that's the same reason given in this book but it doesn't seem nearly as valid you know what i mean in the first book it was like oh holiday like was obsessed with these culture phenomenons and so we're gonna like study them versus this book it was more like you should be invested in these things for their own sake you know what i mean like prince was great Mm -hmm. so you should like we should like him because he was great i could see that i don't know that was yeah, halfway. I mean,
0: these were supposed to be like the things that Kira was into, and you got that from the memories a little bit. But yeah, I guess they just hadn't spent as much time researching the things that Kira was in. Yeah. Yeah. I I like where you're going there. I guess yeah, I, I agree. I I just didn't care yeah, enough another about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> don't care what the reason is. I just know that I didn't know what these things
1: were. Yeah. And let's talk about like the Kira flashbacks after every one of them. And you're like, okay, you know, like when Prince sings to her, you're like, was that supposed to be emotional? You know, like,
0: yeah. uh, And so these flashbacks are, they're important because they're helping you piece together the fact that holiday uploaded Kira's consciousness and was creating a version of her. And then realized at the end like, Hey, actually, you know fake kira still doesn't love me and he's supposed to like have redeemed himself a little bit
1: by realizing
0: this yeah
1: very weird it was it was weird and these are like the reasons why he realized is because like because og did all these nice things for kira and like earned her love and again you're like i'm sorry but just because og sent you to a Prince concert and you had a good time. And just because he was nice to you at an arcade or whatever, like you love somebody based on who they are and not like what they do for you. You know what I mean? Or like, not like the interactions they have with you. If that makes sense. Like, like the, the type of love that like Og and Kira had, like transcended these like surface level memories, I feel like. And I guess holiday, you know, he never really,
0: understood that he, he didn't yeah. really seem like someone who's who's really capable i don't want to say he
1: wasn't capable of love but uh he seemed to struggle with it yeah sure. he. i mean he seemed like a typical like struggling like introvert who like i don't know like your stereotypical like introvert nerdy person who doesn't understand relationships very well yeah but again like that's a kind of a dangerous stereotype to paint people with you know what i mean so i don't like love that either man yeah.
0: All right. Is there anything else to talk about? I mean, the final <laughs> conclusion was they, they, they trick them. Of course they, they do the fake, they, the, the fake, uh, you know, artifact. Oh my gosh. Never seen that before. And then, uh, they, they get Anorak to, you know, almost, they, they, they almost hit the big red button. Of course they never actually do. Og comes in with a dork slayer, saves the day. And everything is happy now because now Samantha loves Wade after all this that they've been through, and nothing has changed. But actually, everyone's happy again because I don't know, I don't know honestly yeah. what happened. So,
1: so my my last two kind of rant things is a what's the point of Sorrento? Like all he did the whole time was act menacing from afar, and then yeah. he gets taken out in the first like. 45 seconds of talking he just, with
0: him he just raised the stakes you're just supposed to like have this hatred towards him i guess
1: yeah but like it seems like you know like the big bad ai could have like carried out his plan without yeah. like the months of uh, potentially getting caught by communicating with Saranta. anyway that's fair yeah that was weird also oh, what was my next next rant issue I, uh i can probably just I, i'll probably think of it right after we end but that was annoying to me that Sorrento like played no, no important role in this story at all. There's so many things to rant
0: about. It's hard to remember them all. (laughs) All right. So, uh, I give this a 3.5. You gave it a four after doing the rant. I mean, we covered enough positive things. Like it was, it it was a page turner for sure. Just don't, don't think too past too far past that.
1: So what about this? Normally we do worst of the best because, Normally we cover really good books and there's an awesome part. And there's like one part of those that, that we wish we could change. Is there a best of the worst here? Like where the whole thing is pretty bad, but there's like the best part of it. There probably is. (laughs) Let's see if we can think of something. (laughs) I would say for me, I think I covered this at the beginning. The best of the worst was the, the thing at the end where it was the, uh, artificial intelligence version of Wade that was like on his way to populate an an outer star with mm-hmm. like thousands of baby embryos, which the more i talk about this, the more it like just doesn't really stack up. But I like the twist. That was a fun one.
0: Uh, I know that Amanda, the Jedi said this, so I don't I, you know, want to give credit to her, but these babies are the embryos are just being raised by robots. Do we think this is a good <laughs> idea? <laughs> Fair. Not, it, that's not going to go well, is it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's like this whole like alternate reality. That you know that would be Ready Player Three.
0: Oh gosh, please, please don't suggest that Ready Player Three exists ever.
1: Also, I'm just gonna say the one reference. Uh, I'm looking at your background here with your with your cover. The one thing I was excited about was Pac-Man because I was like a reference I knew I would understand. Mm-hmm. But there's no Pac-Man reference. Why make the C incline into a Pac-Man thing when you're not even gonna? Well, that was
0: Ready Player One. He plays the perfect game of Pac Man in Ready Player One and gets the extra life. So
1: yeah, I remember that. But yeah,
0: yeah, that's fair.
1: No, no, best of the worst that you can come up with here. Uh,
0: for me, uh, I mean, we talked about this. the The worst, one of the worst things, was just all of the references. One I understood a reference, I liked it. That's I mean, the whole reference thing is something that uh, media is getting more and more into with with Easter eggs everywhere. And it's fun. It makes you feel like you are smart when you're able to pick up on the references and you know things. And so when those brief moments happened, I enjoyed those portions. Otherwise, I was skimming through large swaths of text, just hoping for my next reference that I picked up on as the plot. Just slowly, not slowly, as the plot just continued to advance towards getting the next thing and getting the next thing and getting the next thing.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. fair.
0: All right. So, last word for me is overall, I'm mad because this could have been a cool book. It had potential to be a cool book. The ideas are cool, but then it became this weird service level Twitter cause bomb. Never did anything meaningful with that stuff. And then the hero that everyone hated saved the day. That's how I would summarize Ready
1: Player 2. I like it. I'll stick with that summary.
0: <laughs> All right. If this was entertaining to you and you want to hear us cover some actually good books, which I promise we do as well, you can find more of our reviews at www.phantologybooks.com. You can find new podcasts available wherever, yeah, whatever podcast provider you get. And we're also available on YouTube and you can support the show at patreon.com slash underscore books. Okay, thanks Ben. Yeah.